welcome one and all across the Alpha Quadrant and beyond to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to give you our thoughts of the whole of Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, super strong season, um, and that's factoring in the fantastic uh, way in which the season finale ended. But I just, I look at this episode list, what a joy this show is, what a joy it has been every week. Um, I feel like there were no problems with season one, but I feel like, you know, somewhere in the middle of season one, you go, okay, that was a, that was a fine episode. Uh, contrasted with season two, where I just look over this list and go, that was fun. That introduced a new character. That had the legacy person, and on and on and on. And it was just, I mean, what a what a great ten week run this was. We talk all the time across all of our Star Trek podcasts, Discovery, Picard, uh, the idea that Star Trek is at its best when its back is up against the wall. And preparing for this podcast today, Matt, the voice recording for two seasons of this show has only been done in pandemic protocol. So it gives you an idea that once we finally get through this, uh, that they will soar even higher. But uh, I have only very, very small quibbles uh, in terms of what has gone on with Lower Decks this season. And I think overall as a show, I mean, as as we're preparing to give you a, a, a little bit of uh, Star Trek Prodigy on uh, Thursday, October 28th, the day that it launches, and that will not be something we're going to do week to week. Um, Star Trek Lower Decks pushed its way onto our podcast feed and that only speaks to the strength of it i'm not saying the prodigy won't we haven't seen it yet we weren't physically at new york comic-con they wouldn't let us see the first two episodes over the stream and god knows paramount plus pr hates us but uh just not on the old uh schedule uh full-time at least for right now and I think that's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that we are not the intended audience for Star Trek Prodigy. Pete, I will say for the hundredth time, um, what some people are going to learn in the next week is, wait, this show is for kids and not for me, but I am in my 30s or 40s or 50s. How dare they? In fact, I've seen a little bit of that, Pete, on Instagram. Whenever there's a, you know, a... a, a a post about prodigy you know, i'll click on it and you know there's maybe not invariably but there's frequently somebody that's like this is proof they just want to make money from star trek you know pete like all the other times when it was a non-profit <laughs> business and and when gene was not making lincoln enterprises to form a uh you know to form a subsidiary to make money and when he wasn't pushing idic not as a grand ideal but rather as a necklace to sell merch um but but fine, you know, it, it, Pete, it's okay that we're not going to do a regular weekly podcast on a show, you know, for kids. Yeah, apart from the fact that we have Star Trek Discovery on November 18th for the third season, that a week later we have Hawkeye kicking off on Disney Plus with two episodes, and then the real 
you know, entree of the book of Boba Fett uh, in that area right after Christmas. So we're going to be just a little bit busy. And then you look into the new year after Discovery ends, we've got Picard. So we're going to address it. We're just not going to do it week to week. Want to be upfront with that. Uh, who knows what the future holds? Schedule dependent, of course. And Pete, just going around the old schedule horn before we properly dive on into uh, reflecting on Lower Deck Season 2 here. Want to mention, uh, Pete, I guess in proper Star Trek uh, spirit here, first we'll go to the future, then the past. Uh, tomorrow we'll be uh, recording a Hawkeye update podcast. Uh, that'll be kind of headquartered on a pop culture podcast feed, although watch for the uh, the Hawkeye solo podcast feed hitting Apple Podcasts and other spots uh, in the very near future. Um, we'll be talking about some goodies there, the the new poster, the two-episode premiere, and so forth. Um, and also now, you know, going around the sun to go back in time. Uh, meanwhile, over on our Patreon page, we have a 90-minute reflection on uh, Dune. That's the 2021 version of the film which was a real joy to discuss. Yeah, so from space to spice, check it out over there. So, okay, Pete, really digging in now to uh, to this season of Lower Decks. I mean, do you want to start at the end? Do you want to start at the beginning? Do you want to start at Riker's return? Uh, do you want to start at those early episodes where Kayshawn is new? Wait, where did Kayshawn go? Look, Tom <laughs> Paris is back. Look, there Tom Paris goes. What, what's your fancy? I mean, to to start with a positive, I think ending on such a satisfying cliffhanger and we know how tenuous that can be. But to set Captain Freeman up here for the promotion, she's going to turn it down and stay with the Cerritos and then to have her taken off the ship in cuffs here to have the whole crew looking out as she departs uncertainty in the future i mean roll on season three now and you know i think we get the um we get the joy of the season finale though it's up in the air though it's to be continued we get all that because it has been renewed for season three um and i think clearly mike mcmahon and company leveraging that fact um to the benefit of the story i mean you obviously can't do a and emotionally resonant, not just to be continued, but like to be continued, it's October. See you in August. You know, do you care about these characters after 20 episodes? If you do, even if you suspect that this is a solvable story problem, just go stew on it till next till the end of next summer. Adios. You know, that that takes a certain storytelling confidence, which again is foundational, you know, the foundation of which is knowing that you can finish to tell the story next summer. Yeah, and I think only earned through this second season. You can't do that at the end of your first, as confident as you might have been. And this just a continuing pattern throughout this season. You look at that, um, you know, ninth episode, which uh, three ships there translated from the original Klingon. And the unusual way for this series that that episode unfolds and giving us a look at lower decks across other species ships. Um, and 
the idea that we'll have carryover into season three, both with our Vulcan character Talin and our Klingon character Ma. And I think too, there's a there's a big maybe not the second half, but let's say the last third, if not a, a bit beyond that, of the season, because the the rhythm, the nature, the the lowercase u universe of star trek lower decks has been established that lets you do a three ships type episode that lets you do i excretus which you know though we've had things like that before whether it's you know holodeck adventures or um you know pleasure planet and things like that i excretus only works because you know these characters in and out so when it's things like of course, Boimler wants to get the hundred percent. Of course, he's going to stick with it. It's just—it's a compliment to what you already know about him. It's not necessarily new uh, information. Similarly, the 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 fancy and the naughtiness of where pleasant fountains lie—you um, know—could that be a could that be a season one episode? I mean, it certainly could be. I'm thinking of some of those season one TNG episodes that have a bonkers aspect to them, but. It's best where Pleasant Fountains Lie as an uh, as an episode as a story is best served in the second half of this season where a you can get to know a supporting character a whole lot better and get to know his civilization a whole lot better um, and kind of have all that fun because it is an exception to your standard you know today the lower deckers are going to do a lousy job and be underappreciated and at the end they all work together and they're friends you know this is the opposite of that but still it's fun. And you're leaving out the agamous portion of that story, just talking about the, is it the A, is it the B story? I'm not fully sure, reflecting back on it, of Billups and his uh, mother's civilization, given that he's he's abdicated his, his claim. Uh, but to get Jeffrey Combs back uh, riding that trope, of you know the the AI that dupes a civilization and to play it up for the comedy here to have our lower deckers in a desperate situation and, and just a a hookup away from a cheeseburger or some guacamole <laughs> and uh, you know it it's delightful. I don't know how people could not watch this show star trek fans and and not enjoy it well and that's just it i think that having um during the course of these 10 episodes i did a season two season three rewatch for discovery and there's no doubt that discovery is the better show the more important show it's speaking to you know star trek values it's also kind of advancing you know where is the star trek universe at and where are those values up to and what can that say to our life and existence here and whatnot and there certainly is a place for a more mature aspect of storytelling this was just a pleasure each week and i would i pete i had myself wondering in the days leading up to this podcast i was wondering an unfair question and i say unfair because i've only seen all of season two of lower decks once and i'm going out on the high of uh the the as of yet unresolved season two finale um, but I think I like Lower Deck Season 2 better than Discovery Season 3. Um, 
again, maybe it's just because, uh, hey, I appreciated the slightly less challenging storytelling that Lower Decks does. Um, or maybe it's just, hey, rewatching Discovery Season 3, I know every major plot point, you know, having seen them, all the episodes multiple times before. But this is this season, I, it's just so rewarding, whether it's the little things like Cetacean Ops, um, the return of Tom Paris, and the, you know, the, the wink to the audience with collectible plates, which I still don't understand. But I, but I also remember the first time I was at a Star Trek convention and saw plates and I was like, I don't get it. So what you just, you buy the plate and you hang it up somewhere. Or you put it on a thing like Matt, You don't want to eat off James T. Kirk. <laughs> Not for 50 bucks. No, <laughs> no. Look, I know paper plates are just only adding to the, uh, to the, you know, the, the, the garbage and whatnot, but man, I can get me a paper plate for two cents and eat off that just fine. I could look at the Captain Kirk <laughs> picture elsewhere. I just, I just don't know. I don't understand. Pete, I don't mean to speak ill of those who might buy Star Trek plates, but I just don't know where in my life I would put a Star Trek plate as a grown up who. And does... that's why I think it's, it's ripe for humor and the idea they don't make fun of it. Just the idea that he's got one and he's got all the Voyager ones. I'm not using his abbreviation because no. And uh, that he hallucinates. Billups or Billups does. Uh, Boimler does. And uh, OK, so it's it's used as a story device. Um, I can't compare the animated to the live action for me the, the line in the sand is is just too strong um the the pack lid stuff that they've done though on uh lower decks would not work obviously in live action and to get so much now i mean whereas matt think about it the next generation um and deep space nine taking it further, really fleshed out the Klingons, okay? For the lower lower decks to make the Packlid their Klingons, their Bork, and think about how much we've learned now about them through this show. And I look at this episode list, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, obviously the first episode of the season, um, you know, there's the whole Riker thing and Riker battling the... Uh, the uh the pack lids um does that spill uh, yeah that that spills over to episode two so you have the first two episodes that while the pack led threat is not absent uh, nor is it in the foreground all right the ongoing pack led thing you're hitting the first two episodes okay fine then you go all the way at least by my count to episode six the spy humongous uh where you give that some serious focus there then it's an important part of the ninth episode and then that seems to be it for the arc as soon as you, you know, settle into episode 10, then have the rug pulled out from you. I guess my point being, Pete, it's no huge surprise that a major subplot of the first two episodes is this pack led thing that was unresolved from the first season. Then after that, it shows up for two more episodes, kind of here, kind of there. Nonetheless, they still stick it at the very end of the season in a way that feels really emotionally rewarding or you know in terms of creation sense i mean obviously we're like no you took away captain mom but there's just leave it this way if you told me the ending of this season back in july i would have said 
oh man, it's going to be pack-led stuff every other week, whether it's big or whether it's small. Instead, it's little dribs and drabs here Mm -hmm. and there, um, and that somehow works better. It works better, frankly, to conceal the end of the season, which is you thought this wasn't a thing. You thought it was a joke. Nope, now there's time for some some consequences. Yeah, and, and I think it all works. In terms of what did not work for me, or I should say more so that I was a little disappointed in, that we get the uh, Kayshawn character, that we get the Tamarian, um, and that that doesn't become a little bit more, uh, I think, was a letdown for me. I had high hopes for, oh, all right, now we're going to get all these you know, phrases and the humor that'll come from that. And I think we barely even scratched the surface of that character, apart from not fully understanding, is he the security chief? Is he not? Shax is back. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that if we had Mike McMahon here, he would say, yeah, the subversive, um, maybe it's not a proper, you know, knock, knock, who's there kind of joke, but the subversive humor of it is in a regular universe, you should think the Kayshawn is going to be the new security chief since he's introduced as such. But in the Star Trek universe, people come back from the dead and you go, oh, I actually care about that guy who's got his name in the credits. Sorry, new guy. You don't get to advance in your job because, you know, we're undoing death. We're undoing the end of life. Um, So again, maybe it's not a joke joke, but I think that that's the dark sense of humor there that like, Yes, we read it correctly as, oh, new and interesting character. Um, And every single time, you know, Spock has come back from the dead, there's somebody who's like, wait, I was going to, oh, I guess I guess I have to search for a job somewhere else. The other thing that came up short for me, and it's a product of them going back to it, is the idea of what exactly brought Shax back to the Cerritos, back from the dead. And... If they eventually get to it, I'm fine. The whole joke, like you just said, of, well, somebody on the bridge died and somebody else advanced, and that's just the way that it would work. But, oh, all these, you know, bridge people are constantly coming back from the dead, thereby creating the logjam. I'd like to know in this particular instance, are we going to get that information? I have faith we will. I think that maybe the writing room is coming from the perspective that you don't need to know why just as we all think we know how warp drive works that's because we all just agree to a certain set of fictional principles that when a leads to b leads to c leads to d and so forth um i think pete that a good uh a good analog to this is um in the finale when because of overlapping dialogue and as you pointed out pete the science advisor says they can't um you know they can't warp around the debris so there the show was leaning into uh, i don't know science says no mumble mumble again i'm not trying to suggest that the return of shacks is a knock knock who's there kind of joke that was set up and poorly executed and the joke failed I think it's some of that wry sense of humor of like, uh, hey, you thought we were going to kill off a season regular? Um, Star Trek really doesn't do that unless they want out big time. Star Trek regulars always make it, ha ha ha, jokes with you. You should have known better. 
So Pete, what at this early stage can be said about, uh, you know, the, the future of season three, what's on the radar, the sensors and so forth. Other of course, than the resolution of the captain Freeman situation, um, showrunner Mike McMahon gave a interview this week. He talked about, um, Beckett Mariner and Jennifer, uh, dating regularly in season three. I'm a huge fan of that. And the line that continues to resonate with me is Mariner recognizing her own behavior to say that she pushes away people that she likes. And I think that that cuts through, you know, oh man, the alien girls dating woohoo. Like I, I, I genuinely could care less about that particular aspect of it. Just this notion that Look, Mariner's a super fun character, but we also see how she has a dark side. We see how she's a little self-destructive. And I just feel, you know, this character that I care for, I feel so happy for her that she, A, can recognize a portion of her behavior that is self-destructive, and B, is able to say to the person that she likes, hey, I kind of like you, and for things to, for things to, to take off from there, whether it's, whether it's a short-term thing, whether it's a long-term thing, you know, whatever it might be, it feels so genuine and so grounded, despite the fact that they're both cartoons and one of them has blue antenna and they're on a spaceship in the future. It just feels, I feel so great for Mariner in that, in that bit of reflection there and in the prospect that, you know, the, the writing hand that guides her is going to get great character stuff out of that and not, you know, not just uh, yucks. I'm excited for the exploration of it. If anything, it gives us a new crew member to explore and then the relationship there. And and like you said, I, I think it'll be handed handled tastefully. I think they'll find humor when, you know, it's humorous not to force, you know, the idea of uh, a same sex relationship being a punchline. The other thing that McMahon uh, talked about is that uh, Shax and Dr. Ta'ana are going to get, quote, spicy in season three. Uh, Pete, is this the long hoped for Patrick Stewart v. Patrick Stewart uh, Star Trek v. Dune crossover? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um I mean, there too, obviously both of those characters, supporting characters for our Lower Decks narrative, and both kind of outsiders, both, you know, kind of um, abnormal when compared to the human norm. I mean, obviously neither of them are human. So bring it on. Let the outsiders come together and find some love. And, you know, if if he can handle what she's dishing out and you know deep space nine taught us a little bit about uh uh intra-species uh physical love and whatnot you know again i think it's one of those things where to me there's not the joke of you know um bike tire nose and cat lady do it it's i buy the reality of these two characters and i'm happy for them to find uh cohabitive uh enjoyment whether it's you know purely physical or there's emotional aspect whatever it might be gonna sink those coital hooks into him there Ugh. uh we, we'll see we'll see that that i can uh, do a little less with but i guess it is what it is. <laughs> love is love is love 
but just want to give a shout out here. Having completed season two, uh, awaiting season three, we get ready for discovery season four, getting ready for Picard season two, that the entire Pafleet of fantastic geek Star Trek podcast made possible by our contributors to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Absolutely. Keeping us going week in and week out and uh, kudos to you, Pete, for really making sure that regardless of other things going on on the podcasting calendar on each of our, you know, personal and professional calendars and all that, that, that we're getting some goodies, whether it's early listens or for the last two months exclusives, um, to that Patreon page, patreon.com slash fantastic geek. So, uh, the, the impact made there certainly felt across the entire fantastic geek pod verse. If that's a thing, Pete, Pete, do we have enough now to qualify as a verse? I don't know. <laughs> 23 soon to be 25. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's adding up and, uh, the bills add up and, and truly towards this end part of the year, uh, Patreon makes that all possible to take care of and being a hundred percent listener supported, uh, means an awful lot to Matt and I. So thank you again, get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek with the pH, all one word. Uh, you set the value on the content on the podcast takes just a dollar a month though, to get you in there, all sorts of things to explore more coming. Pete, let's take a look now at the Twitter feed, uh, the Twitter poll that uh, I posted. Maybe I didn't post it on Wednesday, but I that it still got posted, uh, and not today either. Um, and again, it's been fun this season coming up with not a four three two one thing. Although Pete, I think sometimes people infer a certain four three two one. So let's take a look at the results here. Um, which uh, Starfleet division suits your views on this season? Okay. Uh, no comment, section 31, shush emoji, got 0%. Someone <laughs> calls security, uh, alert emoji, got 8.3%. Engineered to please, uh, wrench emoji, got 33.3%. And then command-ing, Vulcan salute, got 58.3%. So, Pete, I don't know which one of those is better than the other. Uh, and that's been part of the fun of having polls where... I, I don't know. People could just vote for a thing. It's 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 all good. We did get some replies though. The first one was from JT Adkins. That's that JTA is me. I just want to be brutally honest with you. This was a great season. Hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. And then last but certainly not least, Pete Spider Ham Lincoln. That's that Tess Tess LC one three nine. By the way, Spider Ham Lincoln has been rocking the um, Mugato Gumato. Um, person in uh a starfleet uniform yeah, yeah. As, as the twitter logo so um i think that happened during the season maybe right around that mugato gumato episode but um but good stuff there anyhow spider ham lincoln tess lc 139 on twitter says lower decks has added to the star trek legacy in its own quirky wonderful way and i'm glad we've been gifted with it pete fitting words i think there it it has felt like a gift each week um because this is just such a joyous and 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 wonderful show. It is a gift. I'm I'm sad that it's over for now, but you know, Discovery in a couple weeks, we get our look at Prodigy this week. The human adventure is just beginning. 
Indeed, Pete. And how can we keep the Star Trek conversation going, whether it's people watching Prodigy this Thursday uh, or getting ready for some of the Marvel stuff, let alone the Star Trek stuff that we have coming in November? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,108 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P and the H. Like it today. So, Pete, for those listening on this Lower Decks feed, I guess going into a mini hiatus pending upcoming Star Trek news, whether that I mean, there probably won't be a ton of Lower Decks news in the next couple months, but certainly anytime there's info uh, about this series, we'll certainly update the feed. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, you know, it's just Hawkeye and Star Wars and Marvel nonstop ahead for the next several months, so Star Trek as well. So with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final season two word. Talk to you soon. I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her. Excuse me?